Hello and welcome to episode 2 of Scott and Liam vs Evil. I'm Liam, I'm a bearded Scorpio, I enjoy steak dinners, long walks in the park and movies that make me a little tiny bit sick in my mouth. My name's Scott, I'm a Virgo which means absolutely nothing. I enjoy the colour yellow and I enjoy reading the problem pages to see that other people are having a worse time than I am. <laughs> I enjoyed that. <laughs> This is episode two, it's the day two, the final day of Glasgow Fright Fest. It's actually a re-recording because we seem to be kind of rubbish at technology, or Garage Band does, and deleted all our, our audio. Our all hard, our hard work, our hard, hard work. And Hugo, the kind man at Apple, could not help me at all. <laughs> so, Fright Fest, day two. Take two. The first movie uh, we seen at uh, Fright Fest day two was uh, Southbound, and uh, just checking back my notes that I've got, and I've abs- I've written absolutely nothing for this movie, so um, we're going to uh, blind. I don't know if you've wrote notes down, you can help me out. Uh, so was that maybe perhaps because you went to the cat house? <laughs> Possibly, I. <laughs> well, you know, I like to party. That's how it's. You do like to party. Sometimes <laughs> party too much. Party hard, you know. Andrew W. Casey's party hard, and that's how I live my life. Um. Anyway, Southbound is a, an interlocking five movies. Uh, they've all different directors. It's directed by uh, Roxanne Benjamin, David Bruckner, Patrick Horvath, and the coolest name in the world, Radio Silence. Do you think? Do you think that's like a stage name, Radio Silence? Or do you nah, think they're singing with silence and their, their parents says, "Oh yeah, we're calling this kid Radio." <laughs> we call it Radio. <laughs> F so that's the coolest parents. That's yeah, that's pretty much the coolest uh, parents. Um, it's supposed to be a movie that interlocks five stories, uh, but when I was watching it, I thought that the only reason they're interlocking is because the characters walk in front of each other at the end of the stories. Like that Simpsons episode? Like that Simpsons episode, yeah. Barton Millhouse on the bridge, spitting off. I it's think it lands in Cletus's truck, could mm-hmm. be wrong, and then they follow Cletus. And is that the one with the, uh, the robot that dies at the end and then the, the, the head gets blown off the robot? And then it like, doesn't it land uh, back. Spellmore or something like that. Doesn't it, it land back. Homer? Uh, is it Homer or I think so. back at Bart back Simpson? Least, I can't remember. I don't know what I know the episode you're talking about. Find more about that in our <laughs> Simpsons podcast. <laughs> um, so Southbound starts off with two guys um, driving along a, a stretch of desert highway. And they're, get, they're getting uh, followed by. Well, it's to begin with, they go to the. Uh, no, they're getting followed by some apparitions and. Like the, a Reaper, Grim uh, Reaper. So that's, it was pretty cool. It was done well. It was done well. Like, you could tell it was near real, but then I suppose you're, you're never going to have a real half Grim Reaper skeleton <laughs> floating in the sky, are you? So they pull into a um, petrol station. station and it's kind of weird. Uh, the girl's like greasy hair, tired looking, not really interested that he's covered in blood. She just says that he can only use the toilet if he pays for something um, and they, they just they, the guys just look done in so they go out they, they get themselves washed up come out pay for some gas back in the car and uh, then they just start looping they drive 20 feet out the petrol station and come back in the other side again just loop around and round and round until eventually in fact pretty quickly they decide that they're not going to run anymore and then that's when the apparition comes up and there's a pretty cool straight into the guy's mouth with the big bony hand and essentially it looks like he's ripping out his soul and then that's and then how does it go to episode the second story for there I don't know how it even ends how does it link the second story did they not does the other guy not drive and he drives past the other guy drives to a house to a motel yeah and he goes in and then they come out the motel and then the other girls come out of the next because that's it so it just happens to be in the room next door so that doesn't link maybe they were whispering stuff through the walls like 
interlock my story. <laughs> we should yeah. probably say that, that this whole episode will contain spoilers. Spoilers. So if you want to see any of these movies, which I recommend, just go see them all anyway. Go see them and then come back and listen. Mm-hmm. Or listen, let us ruin it for you and go watch them anyway. Yeah. Make up your own mind. I'd, I'd rather listen to yours first, if I'm honest. Always. Yeah, the second story was the the, the girls, wasn't it? The, the three girls who were in a band and they 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 drove. They were in the desert highway again. Uh they kind of touched their story that one of the girls had died. I think they went before them, and then one of them died. They kind of touched. I didn't quite get that. I didn't know why there was. They yeah. kept talking about one missing one. Yeah, they kind of blame one girl for the death of the other girl, but they don't explain why. I think she drunkenly left a party when she shouldn't have, and then because the you know the other girl was there with her and let her go, then it's somehow her fault that she went and get killed. Um, which I would agree because I'd probably say that if, if, if I was out with a friend and they went off on their own after being drunk I would feel incredibly guilty I wouldn't need anybody else to say it was my fault that they, they chose to go away in themselves you know like that time I left you in the train station yes that time you left me in the train station <laughs> less said about that time the better <laughs> um, yeah so they uh, they get picked they, they have a, a flat tyre they get picked up by a, a creepy old couple who drive past them they decide it's a good idea to go to, their, to get in the car and go to their house with them have dinner, some weird meat they end up throwing up, and then they go to a weird ritual in the woods. Uh, one of the girls doesn't eat the meat, doesn't get possessed, doesn't go to the ritual, and they decide they need to try and kill her. As they you don't, do. They don't actually explain what the ritual is all about either, because that story finishes before you really get to an end of it. In fact, the whole movie seemed like that. Aye. Like it, apart from the next story, there was an ending, but the rest was a bit kind of. They just left it half finished. Like they they rushed the ending to try and unlock it with the next story. Yeah. Which they then failed at doing anyway. But so the, when they get this girl's running away through the woods, she runs onto the the highway again, and then she's run down by a car. Uh, the the guy gets out of the car, phones emergency services. Well, like kind of you, you get a couple of uh, scenes of the where he looks like he's contemplating hitting running. Yeah. Looks like he's going to go away, um, but he decides to try and help. So he phones the police, and then they say, uh, well, they phone an ambulance. They says, where are you? On a highway. I don't know where. It looks like there's a town about. I don't know how far it is, maybe 20 minutes. Americans don't judge distance by time like we do, but um, they say it's however far away, um, and they say we won't get to you in time with an ambulance where you are. You're going to have to take her to the nearby town, which he does. If you ran over a girl in the middle of the night in the desert, would you hit and run? If you, if you run over a girl in the middle of the night in the desert and there's nobody there to see her, did you really run over a girl in the middle of the desert? <laughs> if a tree falls in the woods and there's no one there, did the That's tree it. fall? Can you hear it? Yeah. If you're up at 6am on a Sunday morning cleaning the blood and hair out the front of your car and your neighbour looks out, <laughs> did, did they see happen? it? Did Do you have to then kill them in the middle of the night? For the record, if you hit a lady in the middle of the night, please, please phone the police. <laughs> phone please an ambulance. Phone <laughs> um... He goes to a, a an abandoned town and the, the people on the phone have uh, patched in a surgeon who says you need to take them into the hospital, which is also abandoned, and he finds a, th- a theatre surgery room um, to which he gets instructed to find all these different um, intubators and different uh, equipment, and eventually it gets to the point where they say you're going to need to manually stimulate her lungs. So he cuts open her body and puts his hand right inside and the graphics show you like inside them which is pretty cool it was, it, that was pretty well done like a human puppet and he squeezes her lungs to which she takes a deep breath in and then pan breed totally pan breed and then he tries to say to the people on the phone oh what's happened and that's when they just start laughing and then hang up and he realises who the fuck have I been talking to and that's what kind of made me think that film Compliance have you seen it? 
No. It's um, it was based on a true story where um, a, a prank caller phoned a McDonald's or some fast food chain in America and um, like got the manager and said, "I'm uh, Sergeant Jones from the whatever county police department, and uh, we've just had a report that one of your staff has stolen from a customer." Um, and the, the manager's like, "Oh shit, what one?" He says, the, um, "The girl with the blonde hair, the young girl." And he says, "Well, that must be, you know, a sort of Jenny." He's right. Well, you've got. We're really busy down at the station. We don't have staff that come down. Could be your names. Just, no, no, I'm just making <laughs> that. Um, we, you've got to need to take her in the back room and and detain her for a while until we get down there. And then so the manager does this, and then the the guy on the phone then says, um, "You've got to need a searcher." So the manager does this, and then he ups and ups it till eventually you've got to need a strip searcher. You're going to need to, you know, she's hiding it, you know, in her lady bits. Um, so yeah. So then eventually the manager um, or someone uh, is coerced into you know, searching inside this girl. So it's like a sex assault and then they get to the end and say, No, there's nothing there's nothing there. She's not got up there and then the guy's like, ha ha and puts the phone down. And they never ever caught the guy who, who phoned the uh, phoned the, the takeaway restaurant but they did arrest the manager and anybody else who was involved in listening to this phone call and sexually assaulted this this uh, girl. And uh, and I think he done it to like two or three different fast food restaurants and it's just because if you believe somebody's in a position of authority, they they can convince you to do anything, especially if you up it slowly, which was like that story. Because it was like to begin with, it was just you'll need to move out of the hospital to get her to the town because we can't make it. So he's like, that's plausible. You'll need to go into the hospital, right? That's fair enough. You'll need to do this. You'll need to intubate her. Okay, that seems plausible. I've seen that on the telly. And then it ups it to the very end when you'll need to cut her open and stick your hands inside her body. That's what I meant. But he did it because he went up the levels. But obviously, it turned out that it wasn't the place he was speaking to at all because the the girl died. Is that a true story? Compliance, yeah, that's yeah. a true story, yeah. It's not a true story. See, I've met a lot of authoritative people in my life and I would never say it's an assault. Well, it doesn't <laughs> it, it doesn't work to everybody. Um, back to the movie, there's another two? Two or three? Two? Yeah, not two, I think. Well, the last one's kind of the, the first one that's kind of circles around us. Yeah, not all right. It's the same creators as VHS and the VHS 2. What was yeah, it? Was VHS I don't know how much involvement these guys had in all the ones, but they certainly created the first VHS and then they've made this. And yeah, well, I don't know. It's if you like VHS, give it a bash. I wasn't interested in VHS. There's some interesting ideas in it. I mean, some of the short, short uh, stories in the middle, you know, they could have been expanded and be their own feature, but certainly the one we've discussed the most about the operation. But um, that yeah. was pretty impressive. I mean, it's alright for a movie, wasn't it? It's alright. The bit with the knee, day. when she stands oh, knee, up. Yeah, the graphics were pretty good, yeah. Her knee just went backwards in the tendon, snapping and her leg just fell off. Yeah, I'd, w- I'd watch it for that bit again, not yeah. the rest. But then that's kind of like, you, you wouldn't put, when you own this movie on DVD, you wouldn't put it on just to go, uh, fast forward through to that story in particular. It's like you wouldn't put it on Creepshow 2 just to watch the raft. You would only yeah. want to put it on if you wanted to watch the whole thing. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Well, I gave it, I kind of hummed and hawed probably a three and that was being generous I, I'd probably give it a three as well I wrote nothing down but talking about it here I'd probably say I'd give it a three yeah ah, well yeah. the next one was SPL2 yes SPL2 the time for consequences which is a Mandarin Mandarin martial Hong arts Kong. movie it was the third biggest box office hit in Asia in 2015 after Jurassic World and Inside Out it's pretty cool well, we were that excited about it that we decided to sack it and go get food. Yeah. So the next film that we actually sat through was oh, yes. the other side of the, the door. Side of the door right? Where have I got for that? Yes, I've got notes for this one. 
My notes I've got written down for this one is uh, good, but not scary. So that's good, but not off. scary. Um, where do we see the other side of the door? The other side of the door is a kind of big budget story, isn't it? This bit, do you say 20th Century Fox or something? Yeah, 20th Century something? Fox. Um, it was... Uh, it was set in India, and um, it was starring uh, Sarah Wayne Callies. If any Walking Dead fans are there, you know she's in The Walking Dead. Um, it also stars Jeremy Sisto, who is a fantastic actor. He was six in feet under. Six feet under, and I also I remember him from the movie Thirteen, where he holds the chicken up and moves it about, and the head stays in the same place. When I was like, oh, that guy needs more work. That's so good. <laughs> just uh, because he can. <laughs> just yeah, because well, he yeah, can yeah, move hey, a it's, chicken. You know, it's hard to catch a chicken, man. You ever watch Rocky? <laughs> um, ch- it's Rocky chases the chicken in it. I don't know. Well, I hope it is. <laughs> um, so basically, this movie's set in India, so straight away it gives it that kind of out your comfort zone idea when it's like they're not really sure of the surroundings, everything's different and uh, alien to you almost. And that kind of goes some ways to, you know, create that atmosphere of the unknown. Or that if something goes, if everything goes tits up, then where are you going for help? Yeah. You know? Um, but aside from that, other than, you know, a couple of the intro scenes where you would see the market and, you know, like some of the decoration in the house that was really the only time you, you felt out of your comfort zone as such they could have easily just been in a house in the country somewhere in middle America see I'm pretty sure this is one that in fact it definitely is where I said it's really rare to see a film set in India and then you all shot me down <laughs> by right, pointing out Slumdog Millionaire yep. Best Exotic Marigold Hotel yep. Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom I was thinking about that day there's a lot more is that in India? Yeah. yeah Temple of Doom yeah Shit, he goes man. and meets the uh, ah what do they call it? it's not the Dalai Lama and it's not the Maharaja as we boy. I thought the stories were told to frighten children. You know? You know that one? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> That rings absolutely no well, else. Yeah, there's loads of movies set in India. Uh, <laughs> uh, right. Brings us back to the movie. Right, yeah, back to India. Uh, the oh. other side of the door. <clears throat> um, basically, the story is, again, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Uh, the family have two kids a son and a daughter and the son has died uh, young about I think it's about seven or eight years old something like that mm-hmm. and um, to try and get over it the wife can't seem to get over it and then their living Indian nanny uh, suggests an old fashioned ritual um, where she could speak to her son one more time and then before he passes on um, and the ritual is take his ashes uh, sprinkle them on the steps of this temple and then say a prayer and then he his spirit will come to the door at the top of the stairs and you can speak to him through the door. So that's the title, the other side of the door. The nanny then warns, do not open the door. And, and what does she do? Yeah, she opens the door. Uh, and all fucking manner of spirit. Well, it's not all manner of spirits. He comes out. Mm-hmm. Who comes out and possesses out. The oh, But there's girl. an evil in there as well. There's evil that comes out and it possesses a bunch of people. Uh, <clears throat> the Indian nanny gets a come up into some well it's not really like come up into it's not really, it's not really, it's not really she didn't really deserve it but she gets, uh, she's pan breed but technically um, it wouldn't have started if it wasn't for her yeah exactly yeah. if she kept her mouth shut yeah it'd be fine the yep. women would go over it yep I definitely agree with that they'd all have a happy life in India uh, quoting the Maharaja <laughs> there's a there's a couple of good scenes in this movie I thought that, like when uh, there's a there's a scene in it towards the end when uh, the dad's realising that the mum is properly freaked out about everything that's going on and he comes home because he's usually at work so he comes home and then she's speaking to the daughter in her bedroom and the daughter's saying to the mum speaking like the wee boy I think or speaking like she's possessed and then she's leaning over and speaking to the dad as if she's completely normal so the dad's like thinking the mum's losing her mind 
so it gives you that impression that it's like mental illness like from the mum's perspective like and from the dad's yeah. perspective as well like, like that she's hearing something completely different to what I'm hearing because my daughter is completely fine but then finds out that it, the, the, obviously the evil is real the, the supernatural is real in this, in this maybe that we're watching so um, the wee girl is actually possessed she then goes on to uh, do the, the most unspeakable thing that happens in movies and the director spoke about a wee bit of his q and it's the worst thing you can do as a, as a, a, a as is in humanity is is kill the dog, yeah, man's well, best friend. Was he bad for doing it, or was the guy at the Q and A worse for it? Saying oh, the guy at the Q and A was worse for it, aye, because um, it wasn't the fact that he uh, wanted to tell everybody he's a filmmaker. Uh, did you know that I made some films? Well, you know, Mr. Director, I'm also a director, <laughs> and uh, we get it. You make movies. Yeah. I've killed dogs in my movies. <laughs> what he said was was in my movies. Uh, sorry. I noticed that you killed the dog in my movies I kill the dog which made everyone kill look at him like why do you kill what? dogs in your yeah, movies yeah just working alarm bells ring and like kill a bell and what kind of weird snuff films do you make in your little flat in Glasgow I know just chopping up Labradors he was a filmmaker though don't forget that he says a filmmaker I could <laughs> say I was a filmmaker yeah have we obviously seen your films though <laughs> more than just the dog gets it <laughs> hey. um, I also had that triple jointed guy. Oh fuck! I forgot about the triple jointed guy. Yeah, yeah. crawls out of things do, do, like the ring. Did we get his name? Did we? I actually don't know his name. Uh, Milo. We'll just call him, we'll call him Milo. Milo. Don't know. It sounds like a kind of name we would have. I think he's. I think he's um, from. Like you find that right. name. You keep talking. It's, it's the guy. He does all the um, Japanese disjointed. He was the, creepy, flashy he things. He was the human body for Mama that movie Mama the ghost before the CGI goes round about the, the wispy ghost uh, it was him so was he's him. actually moving in that triple jointed other world yeah there's no CGI it's just this weird rubber man and imagine that was coming at you out of the dark imagine you didn't know he was like that yeah because it's, it, it's so otherworldly the way that he's moving man it's this, this, the, that's the hard part to look at um, all movies like that kind of freak me out I don't know I'm double jointed triple jointed is just way too far I don't uh, it's not right I don't like it I like it he still gets work I'm happy for him is it I don't know who all these people that I'm looking up all have uh, foreign names so I don't know it'll be the guy with the triple joints Javier Botet I don't know if that's mm-hmm. him or not was the ghost called Murtu yeah is that right yeah is that him yeah I think so he's been in he's, he's a writer and direct, actor and director known for Mama The Revenant and Wreck and oh, uh, he's, the other side of the door he's the creepy thing at the end of Wreck been likely yeah oh shit so yeah so he, he can move really kind of scary ways and then they put some CGI on about him and he's just terrifying you've got to keep giving this guy work yeah because that shit's scary man um, where did we get to here uh, see I've also put more freaky Wayne's Every well, movie's got a freaky Wayne. I think that's the scariest thing. Freaky Wayne's, aye. Of course it is. Freaky Wayne's is... If you're not from Glasgow, a Wayne is a child. Yeah, child, aye. Freaky child. Children. Freaky childs. Freaky... See, how does they work? Freaky childs. You just need to let... Everybody else just needs to learn Wayne's, right? Wayne's is, is kids. Oh, freaky or kids. children. Freaky kids, kids, that works, right. Um, where have we got... Uh, I think that's what I kind of talked about that movie. Basically, we don't want to give too much away, but uh, I think we've give, have we given everything away. Okay. We've not gave the ending away. Ah, oh, the last scene in this movie. I've given this a we'll, double tick in my notes. Yeah, we'll leave. We'll leave, we'll leave that as spoiler free. Yeah. Because yeah, that's worth going to see. Yeah, I would. I would watch this movie again. I think it was quite good. I gave I it, it four dogs' heads out of five. 
I gave it a four, a number four. Just a number four. <laughs> number four <laughs> out of five. I liked it. I thought there was a nice atmosphere and the cinematography was really nice. Uh, the scare at the start oh, was a bit yeah, too that's soon. Yeah, the cheap scares, yeah. But he, his Q&A, the director, actually told us that that was the studio's insistence uh, that he put that into early. He, if he had his way, if there's a director's cut comes out, then it probably will be different. Um, but yeah, it was quite cheap, I thought. Because it wasn't. There was no point to it. Well, there was yeah. a point to it, but it wasn't. It wasn't. There was no point to the story. Yeah, it didn't. Add, it didn't add anything. Twenty century folks, you gave us. You gave us a negative there. I know. That's why. Hey, you could have yeah. got, you could have got five dogs head. Man. The director seemed really nice. Yeah, it did. Uh, was it Johannes? Johannes Roberts. Yeah. Uh, nice guy. Did a Q and A. Seemed really genuinely interested in what people had to say. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. I like that, especially someone that's been paid by Twenty Century Fox to do a movie. Uh, that's just quite cool, man. What's next? The next movie. Ah, four, four, five. The next movie was uh, Baskin Robbins, Thirteen Flavors. <laughs> or as <laughs> it's actually called, Baskin. <laughs> yeah, Baskin. <laughs> uh, Baskin. This was the UK premiere of a movie from Turkey, uh, directed by Can Evanol. Um, a Turkish mental case. <laughs> <laughs> this movie started off as a as a short a short film. Uh, it sent it, the kind of third act of the movie centrals around a kind of ritual, uh, like a scene from hell, um, perverted blood all over the walls and creepy shit going on, which we'll get to in, a, in just a short amount of time. Uh, but he got this the, this ten minute ritual movie uh, that he called also called Baskin, I believe, into film festivals, and I think it was shown at. I think he said it was at Toronto Film Festival. That it, was it was Fright the, Fest as well. I it think. was Fright Fest yeah. he got into, but it was at the Toronto Film Festival. I believe that Eli Roth came up to him and said, I've seen the short film and it's really good. Do you have a script? To which he said, yes, give me 10 days to translate it. Uh, he didn't have a script. What he did was he took 10 days to write a script. <laughs> eight days and two days to translate. That's it, eight days and then two days to translate it in English. And it's like that old uh, quote from Richard Branson. If someone offers you an amazing opportunity, say yes and learn how to do it later. That's... The best. Could also do. backfire so oh, of many ways. It could, but then it's, it's got to be Such as the surgeon in Southbound. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's going to, it's only got to, it's only got to backfire in a way that you'll sit there and say, Ah oh, man, I wish I had tried that, you know? Yeah. The what ifs the what ifs are worse than the oh man, I tried that and I messed up completely, you know? Yeah, true. Well, unless you kill somebody else, but it's pretty bad. If you go to jail, you know, those kinda of, those kind of backfires <laughs> not the best. Um <laughs> those backfires. You know, those like? backfires, man. <laughs> Uh, right, so my notes I wrote for here I've got uh, WTF it's exact. I've actually wrote what the fuck just happened yeah, that's what uh, WTF stands for if anybody's uh, wondering it's what the fuck it was crazy it was very much in the style of like House of a Thousand Corpses and Hellraiser and Silent Hill I thought too Silent Hill yeah movies at the end of it you're like honestly what have I just watched well I've got in here that it's the movie made no sense but in the in the world of this movie, that's okay because it didn't. I didn't watch it thinking, nah, that's me. I'm done. I was. I, I was able to say, okay, that makes no sense, but that's okay because in this world where all this stuff's happening, that that, that is okay. See, I, I thought it kind of did. I thought it was like you could tell it was just some man's trip to hell, and there was that scene where the just before the police van crashed, and or sorry, just after. No, yeah, just before it crashed, the scene turned upside down. And it was as if, like, as above, so below, where they're now in hell. 
and that's when it started. That's when it then went downhill. Because I don't, I don't remember that that particular scene happening. I don't. I'm trying to think. Is it, it, was, did, did, was, it was it when they were crashing? Did the van flip? Like no, a, no, it was off? just before it was driving along the road, and then was it just an it inverted cut, scene? Just yeah, it cut again. Inverted. It was straight upside down. Mm, I don't remember. But but hey, I, I believe it happened. Yeah, but uh, that's a good uh, interpretation. I'm actually making it all up. <laughs> you know, it's a good interpretation because when you go into it, it is essentially just like, it is like hell. It's like purgatory or limbo or any kind of place because they they, they get stuck in this house and. Uh, just full of people or bodies or figures or apparitions or whatever they are just covered in blood just screaming chopping up other bodies blood everywhere and fucking that's that scene at the end man when he's in they're all, they're all tied up to these different pillars in this basement and this wee guy comes out and apparently this is his real face he's ripped as fuck but his face is I don't know good. if you if you like UFC think Vandalay Silva after a fight where it's just like it looks like he's made of rubber. That's what this guy, this wee guy looks like. And apparently this is actually what it looks like. So he's going about leading this ritual and uh, takes one of the guys and you know, kind of tricks him by looking at his knife and stabs him in the eyes, then blindfolds him, and then then they get him down on the ground. They bring out this weird kind of woman with a goat skull on her head and she's crawling about the floor like and then backing up to him. You know, she's in heat or something. And then they kind of, <laughs> the, the big kind of weird guy that was with Vandela Silver, he's, you know... Essentially, making forcing the cop that we're watching to rape himself. He's not raping himself. But he, he is raping himself because he doesn't want to have sex with this goat lady. But this this other guy's got his hands in his trousers, you know, getting him in, into the getting his body, standing for attention. If, and then he's like holding the back of his and like essentially the back of his trousers, giving him like a wedgie, but wedging him into the get the woman. So essentially, he's forcing him to have sex with that woman. So he's raping himself. I've had a wedgie before, and it take a pretty mean wedgie. Maybe <laughs> what he rape myself. Well, that's that's end of what happens, and I don't know if he kind of gets into it towards the end because uh, I think he's doing it on his own by the end. But they, so this this kind of weird part of this ritual finishes, and she kind of crawls away over into this kind of weird stone like dish <laughs> where, she, where she squats over and just gives birth this big stone baby, which I don't fully know. I don't understand. What, what the hell is going on? <laughs> it's bonkers, and then I think they kill the rest of the cops and the young guy. The the new cop on the block. The nice one, I the one that wasn't misogynistic or sexist or. Yeah, the one that you probably have kind of a bit of empathy for. You slightly hope he survives. If you were actually thinking that the whole time, obviously you're just thinking, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, then it comes out to the last scene and it just suggests that the whole thing's a loop. Which, when I watched it, I thought, that's rubbish, that's crap, that last scene just ruins the whole movie for me. But then when I spoke to you about it later and you said... um, Yeah, as if that is hell. It's hell purgatory and it's just looping. I thought, well, okay, that's that's fair enough. I'll, I'll go with that. And if that is hell... Then if I ever hit someone in a hit and run, I will definitely stop. But do you know, see apart from the eyes getting stabbed, did, did it, was it was it that bad of a party? Yeah, they had bandages in their face and were having this mad sex party. I it didn't look that painful, though, did it? It looked painful. <laughs> she gave birth to a stone baby. Aye, for her, right? <laughs> I thought it was really cathartic. See, like watching it and just being able to vent everything by just going. Oh, that shit's weird, man. Yeah. I don't want to have to go and go to some hell sex party. I've, I've watched it, and do you know what? I'm not in it. That shit. I'm. I'm. I've been there, seen that. Don't need to do it. Yeah. Quite happy. Quite happy leaving the hell sex party. Yeah, just leaving that party. In hell. I just, I just, just, just keep use get on here, man. Each to their own. I'll just stay over here in my. And just under that note, I wrote nice use of colour. <laughs> Blood red everywhere. <laughs> Uh, and also in the same vein as Dario Argento, like his movies, uh, Suspiria, the 
and all that stuff. You There's know, also nods from the soundtrack to Cannibal Holocaust as well. The with the eye yeah. scene, the guy yeah. said that in the Q and A. Yeah, I can't remember that, but like I can't in Cannibal Holocaust, I can't remember. No, that I, song. I couldn't picture. I wouldn't know the music from it. So I, I mean, I've, I've watched. I think it was like fifteen years ago. I watched Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. Never, you know, I wouldn't remember the music, but we should just say that we do remember it. Yeah, oh, yeah, so I'm totally taken from it. Yeah. I, I, that's what I thought at the time. Uh. I was going to ask that question at the Q&A, but someone else got in there before me. <laughs> someone got there just before I lifted my hand. Um, I didn't rate this movie, but I will give it a four stone baby. Four, four stone babies. Four stone babies. Five. Yeah, <laughs> four stone babies at five. So I give it a four and a half, but I thoroughly, I honestly really enjoyed it. There was a few bits I was unsure about, but like you say, it's just a movie where you should really just shut your head off. And just go with the roller coaster. Yeah, a really yeah. horrid, horrid yeah. roller coaster. But I mean, if you can, if you can watch it and take it for what it is, and and not watch it and think, ah, oh, what is this that I'm watching? You know, and get offended by it. You know, that's I mean, that's a very lame way to describe what I'm trying to say. But if you get offended by movies or you don't understand the filmmaker's point of view of you know depictions of hell or fucked up situations, then don't watch it because it's it's not it's not meant for you. But if you can watch fucked up movies. And, and either take some interest from them or, you know, analyse them or, you know, if you even are that messed up that you enjoy them, then, <laughs> then, then go for it, you know, watch it. I would recommend it. I think it was good. I kind of think I understand what he was trying to do. I don't think he was trying to say too much of it. Um, I think it was just a short story worked. Let's see how far I can take this. Yeah. I, if, yeah. You, if you liked a Serbian film or even made any effort to go see or buy a Serbian film then this movie's right up your street. And I, I really did enjoy it. It was probably my third favourite of the but weekend. I would, I would watch Baskin again. I watched Serbian film and I just thought it was just like, I could see what he was trying to say and it was just trying to say, oh, look at me, I'm so crazy. And I was like, nah, fuck you, man. I'm not into it. I'm not in it. Yeah, that's a fair way to put it. That's can't can't argue with that. Yeah. Uh, next yeah, one. Uh, Martyrs. The controversial Ghost Brothers remake of Martyrs. Before we talk about this, Martyrs is probably one of my favourite horror films. Uh, it's like, when when was the French one? Like seven years ago? Uh, yeah, I, uh, like I loved it. I thought it was original. It was brutal. The acting was brilliant. I enjoyed everything about it. I don't understand why there's a remake. I don't see a point to a remake. Uh, I don't think anyone in the audience seen the point of a remake. Yeah. And... So, yeah, I'm just going to give you that before I then give you my review of it. Yeah, well, basically, if you've seen the movie before, uh, the original French movie before, then uh, that's fair enough. If you haven't seen the original French, then again, spoiler, spoiler, spoilers. Um, if you've seen the French movie, then you don't need to see the American remake because you're watching the same movie but without subtitles. No, uh, no. No? With, you're watching the same movie but they've cut out. The best bits. Ninety five percent of the good stuff. Yeah. You're watching. You're watching the same story. Yeah. Not yeah, nothing different. Yeah. You're watching Snow White, but you're watching it without the seven dwarfs. Right. <laughs> and they make they make Snow White. Yeah. So you're really watching just a lassie 
I see you know where I'm going with this. No. Just basically, <laughs> basically, when I was watching this one, okay, it started off, and it is quite good. I mean, it's like there's there's a budget behind it. It looks nice. It's um, it's well acted. The you know it starts off the same way uh, I believe the original French does. So the girl, uh, the young girl, escapes the the kind of dungeon, the prison that she's been held captive in most of her life. She runs away. Uh, she ends up going to a kind of looks like an orphanage or a nunnery where she she goes to school, meets a friend. Um, and they develop a great friendship. She grows up and tries to block out her, or it seems as if she tried to block out her past. Um, it goes, it grows to they're old enough that um, they start to get the impression that the friend she makes at the nunnery doesn't really believe the history that she's trying to say. She thinks it's monsters. She calls them monsters, and, and so you think, oh, it's just you know bad dreams, or you know, you know, a bit of. It sounds bad to say a bit of abuse, but you know, maybe getting slapped a bit via that. Just, just a wee tiny you know? bit of abuse. So then uh, you get to see them grow up and then it cuts to a new family, uh, a mum, dad and then two teenage kids and they're sitting up in breakfast getting ready to go to school and work or whatever it is they're doing. Knock at the door, dad goes to the door, boom, shotgun, blows them right away and then this girl comes, or the girl we followed that, has, that was abused and escaped at the start, she comes in and just blows the whole family away with a shotgun. Um, then she phones her friend who comes over, sees that she's murdered this whole family and thinks, holy shit, this is just upped. You know, this is a next level. Let's just get cracked yeah, until living. You know, you know where we're going for here. To then eventually, um, she finds the dungeons in the basement, like proper metal cage dungeons, and you think, well, she's telling the truth. There's another girl down the stairs, and she's like being abused. She's chained to the, the the chairs, and you think so. It's all real, you know. That so that she had a reason to kill this family. Well, she probably didn't have a reason to kill the kids, but she certainly had a reason to kill the mum and dad, and. Um, once you've done the parents, so you might not, as well do yeah, the kids. Yeah, exactly. I go big or go home. Yeah. When I was watching this again, and I had I felt the same when I watched the original one, the first time I seen it, and it was that long ago when I watched the original, I had forgot the story. So again, I was three quarters way through the movie when I when I realised I wasn't watching uh, a movie about pedos. Which is weird because nothing suggests keeping keeping wee girls chained up in up in your dungeon. You would yeah, suggest true. there's going to be some kind of you know child abuse going on there. Or, Sexual but her kid has still been sexually abused. <coughs> doesn't actually go into what happened but to her when she was younger. Basically, the idea is that they keep these people chained up, and it turns out there's it's a very rich group of people who have got a lot of money behind this. They're backing scientists and doctors, and uh, to capture these uh, these girls who they call martyrs, and they say that they have uh, such a strong will to live that they will resist dying under you know extreme torture and stay alive to the last possible minute. And they believe that just before they die, they see another world suggestion you see heaven or you see the afterlife so they try to push these girls to see if they can see it and find out if the afterlife exists and that's the idea in the original um, once she goes back she goes back to like try and avenge or like kind of get revenge on the family that, that, that held her hostage but uh, the rich backers and the kind of security get alerted somehow and then they come in um, and that's when you kind of find the story and they explain themselves to you as the, the bad guy always does explains themselves uh, to you so that we the audience can understand what's going on um, they then try and they get her changed back up now in the, in the French original she gets skinned alive which is brutal but the French original it lasts like half the movie the torture scenes it's like if it's an hour and a half Half of it is the torture scenes, whereas <coughs> the American one, it was like getting free and here's ten minutes of torture yeah. scenes. We're just going to give you a little tiny slither in the skin and alive, but here's yeah. a little bit of flesh. Well, that, that's, no, no, that's that's was confusing because 
And obviously in the original, the, the, she gets completely skinned alive, and there's that whole scene where it's just like a, a muscle, pit, like Robbie Such Williams at the end of the, the rock DJ video. That's kind of like what he's what she's like, That's chained shit, yeah. up. <laughs> but and then at the start of this uh, Friday Fest, they gave us like skinned face masks, so we all had to put these silly masks on, and they was going to take a picture for the promo. And we're like, all right, okay. And then we watched this movie, and that doesn't happen. Doesn't in happen the at all. No, they cut a square off her back, and that's just as good as you get. And then they hang her up, and they cover her with like a, a tunic. Yeah. So you can't actually see her being skinned. Yeah. It's kind of weird that we want to see her being skinned. Well, it's kind of that's what you look for, though, isn't it? I mean, that's the yeah. point. To be honest, it's like the if, they, if they'd actually skinned her with like the American budget, if it looked better than the French one, yeah, I, I could be swung. I could be Aye. swung, but. As it stands, it's two just, two and a half, and I'm being generous. It was filmed nice and as a standalone movie. Uh, uh, yeah, it was a good movie. If it you, was good. If the French original didn't exist, it would be a great movie. But yeah. it does. The original does exist. There's no need for them to make it. You know, it's like we'll we'll be we'll be talking to you in a couple of years about the American remake of Baskin. That's yeah. Like, you know, that's kind of like there's no need to remake it, but somebody's got to do it. And they'll remake it without Little Vandal Silva. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or it's any like, of the hell sex scenes. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. Yeah, <laughs> just cops just driving about, being dicks to everybody. Like or, I'd love to ask call America cops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'd love to um, ask the the directors of this movie, like what you know, why they thought they had to remake it for the money. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, that's probably why. It is. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. I didn't even rate it, man. I was I was done. In fact, I'm even I actually think you fell asleep. Did I? Oh yeah, that's right. I've taken no more notes for the rest of this this time. That's me done. Yeah, you can. You, you drifted in and out. No, this one. Ah, I don't know. I am gonna give it. I'll give it three because it's it's all right movie, but it's not good compared to the original. It's not. It doesn't stand up to the original. There's no point. If you're comparing it to the original, I give it a solid zero. Yeah, but you know, as we ever movie that we talk about, that's only our opinion. So watch it and make your own mind up. Yeah. Um, if you if you have seen the original, it's still worth a watch, so you can see them ruining it. <laughs> but. Still watch it, see what you think. It was still, it was shot nice. It was shot well. Aye, some good scenes in it. Like the, it was pretty brutal when he blows everybody away with a shotgun. And that. It was quite good. But I still thought the French one was more brutal. Aye. I the French the one, I thought. Do you know what? She actually just shot them with a shotgun. I need to watch the French one again then to see what it, I forget yeah. like, the the main scenes. I'm only just know I have seen it. I know yeah. I've, I've definitely just got it. I think that's about as far as. Anyway. And then, I think just about the same time you woke up. Yeah. Went to the toilet and it was the last film, The Devil's Candy. Devil's Candy. Which was directed by the same guy that done The Loved Ones. Oh, The Loved One was so uh, good. I can't remember his name. Have you got his name? Uh, yes, I have his name here. It's uh, Sean Byrne. Uh, the Loved Ones was brilliant. Yeah. If you've not seen The Loved Ones, it's an Australian uh, kind of horror movie. Um, I don't know, I'm assuming it was made in the last f- couple of I years. I can't remember. Last five years, maybe. I don't know. I don't know the date. Uh, it's called The Loved Ones and it's about a girl who asks a guy to prom. He says no. She kidnaps him and fucks him up and it is pretty It's pretty brutal to watch. I was banned from my school prom. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because I took everyone back to my house and we filled up water balloons on the last day. We went back into school because we were banned and threw water balloons yeah. and they banned me from prom. I was almost banned from prom. I um, broke into my common room and threw flour all over the place and broke eggs and put fish in the radiator and all that and... Uh, we just got told to clean it up. I don't know why we're not in prison. <laughs> we are yeah. tr- true rebels. We are mental cases. <laughs> why do you know what your problem? Water balloons. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking fiends. So, yeah. Sorry, anyway. <laughs> the Devil's Candy. The Devil's Candy was a good movie. I thought The Devil's Candy was great. I didn't know anything about it because there wasn't, other than the recent synopsis that we 
were given in the brochure. Um, there wasn't a lot about it, and that's because when it was introduced, the guy told us that it's not due out until October 2017. See, I thought it was the October 2016. Nah, I'm positive he said 2017, which I thought was crazy. It like a finished movie, or what appeared to be a finished movie, I, set for that long. I don't know which one of us was asleep at the time <laughs> one of us was <laughs> I definitely tried to fall asleep through this movie but only because we'd sat there for so long over two yeah. days I was done by that point you know Mars was killing me Ah, oh, it's long it's you know I'm not as young as I used to be I can't even sit through <laughs> my, my knees started giving me jip not a lot of room sitting there you know yeah. uh, but but I, but I did see the movie I did follow the movie as well and it is fucking brilliant That's the brilliant. soundtrack in The Devil's Candy is the tits it is definitely one to watch in, in a cinema scene when it's all up loud and it's a surround sound just yeah it was out. good so it's just if you like your, your metal music and your hard rock this is this movie is on it it's um, it starts uh, so is it, it it follows the story of uh, an unfulfilled artist uh, who, Matthew McConaughey <laughs> <laughs> actually played by Ethan Embry but looked and embodied Matthew McConaughey in his performance <laughs> Uh, he moves his wife and his fellow music-loving teenage daughter uh, into a rustic Texas home. Always in Texas, isn't it? Everybody's mental in Texas. Um, uh, the home is a violent past. There was a guy there who, who uh, killed a bunch of folk, killed a bunch of kids, I think. Kyle Gas from Tenacious D. Kyle Gas from Tenacious D, yeah. I believe he was uh, called uh, Prout Taylor Vince. He was brilliant. He was really good. Aye, he was. I genuinely thought I was watching a mental case. Yeah, no, I was. Yeah. Aye, I'll give that. And I'm always in the back foot when they talk about men, when they when they give the, the impression of mental illness just through my job and that. But I think that it was it, there was enough supernatural behind it to say that he was actually possessed. That I, it was alright. I kind of let let it go and I, and I watched it for what it was. Um, basically, what was he was he was killing kids to sacrifice to the devil that right? Yeah. Because kids are kids' tears, is it? Or is they, it devil's they, no, the devil's candy are children. Yeah. So. He the what was the guy's name the the mental case? Oh, I don't believe you get. I don't. I, I can't remember. It's not. That no, I, at the beginning, he kills his mum because he keeps playing the guitar really loud in the night to drown out the sound of the devil, telling them to uh, give him his candy to kill yeah. these kids. So he keeps having to play the guitar loud in the middle of the night. His mum tries to stop him. He throws her down the stairs. Fast forward, this family move in and. The struggling artist starts getting inspiration. He starts painting these pictures of like kids and yeah, and like, like in a fire. Yeah. Uh, and then his own daughter in yeah, the middle of the fire. Uh, the guy keep the mental case keeps coming back saying he has to come home. Yeah. And kind of falls for the little girl. Ah, he uh, takes a, a shine here. See, I like don't he doesn't a... want to kill her, but he keeps. He thinks the devil's asking him. Yeah. To go for it. Because they've got a. Thing you've uh, connection with the the type of guitar he plays, doesn't she? Yeah, she's got a flying, flying v, v tattoo. Although she's like fourteen and she's got a flying V tattoo, but it looks temporary. Yeah. So I don't know if it's temporary just, or it's real. Be, I don't remember the, the tattoo at all. I think that might be the scene I slept through. <laughs> it's actually quite a bit. Yeah, but turns out I slept through. But yeah, so this guy then gives her the flying V, and she's so excited. She's always wanted a flying V and a martial amp. Uh, and then the the guy keeps painting these pictures of kids and so on, but he doesn't remember painting them. Yeah, or or, or why? And then it kind of gets to the end. The boy comes back, doesn't he? He, he kills a whole bunch of people, kills some cops, not outside, and tries to come in and take like burn the house down essentially, yeah. isn't it? And uh, and then it ends up. But I won't kind of spoil the proper ending there because there's a good scene at the end. Um, 
when uh, essentially, well, it's, it's, it won't be too much a spoiler to know how the movie ends. Uh, it's a good, it's it's done in a good stylistic way uh, when good triumphs over evil as it always does. Um, and uh, the guy who looks at Matthew McConaughey uh, kind of ends up looking like Jesus at the end. I thought in the way that it kind of portrayed him, his face when his hair was all. Uh, kind of bloody down the side of the beard and it was and as if you know when Jesus gets crucified and he's yeah. the, the crown of thorns covers his whole face in blood in some depictions and I kind of thought it looked like that um, and that was I, I thought it was and that would be the, the good triumph and over evil and then then obviously then they get right. I thought it, it, a really interesting story and concept it was different wasn't it it was a bit, it was a bit different and it was any, any horror movie with metal music I'm going to like oh, yeah there's a one scene where the devil's talking to him through the wall or through where the original family had a crucifix but the little girls put up a ghost poster the band Ghost and I enjoyed that because it was like Papa Emeritus from Ghost was talking to like, the devil yeah. and I liked that yeah. and I think that was a wee nod to metal fans like yeah, yeah you know. aye, like, aye, we're not just, well, I'm not just like buying uh, you know the best metal compilation CD now, yeah, now, now that's why I call metal yeah. and just sticking it on as my soundtrack we're I not know just playing Iron Maiden number yeah, of the beast yeah, yeah. over and over yeah like he actually does know what he's talking about the mm. music it was definitely rewatchable I'd yeah. buy it yeah, and I DVD straight away it comes out yeah it was certainly yeah. a good time it was very nicely shot it quite a foreboding atmosphere the whole way through yeah. like it was just constantly like oh what's going to happen next so, there was just a, a lurking creepy eerie feel yeah and I loved it. I, I really, no, really I, enjoyed I, I, it. I'm looking forward to seeing it again. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it actually being released so we can see that again. I did. Right. I'll give that a I'll give that a four out of five as well. Four uh, flying V guitars out of five. Four dead kids out of five. What am I giving it? I, I wouldn't give it dead kids. No, four four flying Vs out of five because there's always room for improvement and it was no patchwork. I can tell you that. If we ever ever want to go on iTunes, you can't rate things in no. dead kids. <laughs> okay, kids stay alive, please. <laughs> yeah, please, kids. If you can, if you stay can, alive. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'd give it a 5 out of 5 oh, yes. I loved it I loved the loved ones and much like uh, Joe Begos's The Mind's Eye I liked his first one I liked his second one even better I loved the loved ones I liked this even better so both of you uh, what's his name? Sean Byrne Sean Byrne and Joe Begos join forces and make your next film together and I'll Be probably like a masterpiece yeah I'd Oh, my mind can't even comprehend that right now. Oh. But that that, us, us. that brings us to the end of Fright Fest Fright Glasgow. Fest. What did you think of it overall? Me, I thought it was good. I thought it's a lot of sitting down. Uh, there's a lot of kind of erratic behaviour between the movies because you only get like 30, 40 minutes between movies and then they try and put in short movies in between it but you don't want to miss them either. Um, they give away free stuff between it so you don't want to miss that. Uh, so you don't really get time to go out and stretch your legs, get food, go to the toilet, mm-hmm. go to the bar, you know. So that's a bit hard. Like this is, it is a long day, and it's not like you know a, a music festival or a music uh, concert where you can you can leave. You know, you can come and go because it's loud. You're in the cinema. You don't want like, to up and go across the aisles because you're distracting yeah. everybody else. So you really want to try and stay for the whole the whole movie. Mm-hmm. So it's a long a long couple of days, but well worth it though. We we were fright vest virgins. Yeah, and uh, I think next time. I'd buy snacks. Yeah, Pepperonis yeah. and chips and stuff. out snacks, yeah, carbs yeah. and that, you know. You're playing, you're playing <laughs> carbs, give yourself some fuel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. We gave out three DVDs. Yeah. 
And they gave yeah. us out. We, the one we did grab was a movie that was called Houses of Halloween, and uh, that is going to be one of the movies we are picking to do for episode three, along That's with it. a better of a movie that uh, Liam introduced me to called Murder Party. And we'll be talking about those two movies and some other weird and creepy shit that we uh, can find on the internet. Do you want to give anyone a sneak peek of some of your creepy shit? I'm not taking any credit. Well, no, because for... it's just because I came across that um, <laughs> apparently Avril Lavigne is dead. She died after the uh, the release of the Let Go album, her break breakout album, and the stu- and the and the record label thought, oh, no, she's too big to just let let disappear. They found a doppelganger, and uh, that's it. So if you want to hear more about Avril Lavigne's doppelganger, tune in to episode three. That's it for Fright Fest. Two thumbs up from each yeah, of us. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, so, yeah, we'll speak to you guys next week. See you.